Good morning, church. Who knows that God honors loyalty over sacrifice? All right, one person. That's okay. <laughs> we'll get to Hosea. Uh, so we are excited to worship with you here today, uh, whether you're with us here in person, which we obviously love, or if you're hanging out with us online, uh, we appreciate it. And, you know, Pastor Carlos says this a lot, but if this is six months after this video was posted, you're not here on accident. So we just pray as we go in here that God would open up everybody's heart uh, to this message. Before we get started, we do have a few announcements. Tomorrow we will be having our Zoom prayer at 7 p.m. We'll be sending out those uh, emails uh, tomorrow. Marriage series is continuing on Tuesday. It's at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. Uh, couples and singles, you're all welcome. Teens who are 16 and older can attend with parents' permission. It's been a really good time. Um, I highly recommend it. Child care is provided. And we also give you coffee and little danishes, so show up. <laughs> On Thursdays, we'll be having our um, Zoom youth meeting. We'll be sending that email out um, also on Thursday. And right now, we're going to bring up Mark Butler for a missions announcement. Good morning, everybody. Um, <clears throat> obviously, with COVID, it's a little more difficult to do missions trips. Um, but we still have the ability to help people even in the local community. So we're starting our sock drive again. Many of you may remember that from last year. Um, bring in new socks. There's a box um, just to the right of the main doors going out um, that you can drop them off in. Uh, those go to the homeless shelters. Socks are the number one most requested thing. Having a warm pair of socks on a pair of cold feet is a, a nice thing when the weather's this bad. Um, so we'll run that probably for the next couple of months. And it doesn't matter if you bring in one pair or a hundred pair. Whatever you uh, feel like bringing, um, drop those off there. And then the uh, other thing that we're at least looking at is the possibility of a trip to Africa in uh, the summer of 2022. So that's about uh, 16 months, 18 months away. So just keep that in mind. <clears throat> if that's something you're interested in, let any of the uh, missions council know to put your name on the list. And uh, as we get uh, things pinned down, where we want to go, what we want to do, we'll get an estimated cost for you. Um, and remember to give to missions. Um, there's still needs out there. Uh, we still send money. Uh, last, uh, uh, well, actually just a few weeks ago, we sent a check to the project in Belize, the preschool project, over $600 that we raised for them. Um, and that really helps them out. So even with COVID, uh, keep in mind how we can help other people. And we just really appreciate everybody's faithfulness and giving too. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. Yeah, the missions are obviously a uh, great and noble cause that we need to be participating in. And if you're confused on that, just look at the last chapter of Matthew. Uh, right now, we're going to move into Children's Church. So if we could have Miss Anita come up and all of the little children come on up and have your Children's Church. everybody it's nice to see you God is the one I am trying to please if I wanted to please men I would not be a servant of Christ we've all felt it the pressure to follow the crowd 
to fit in, to do what everyone else is doing. It's called peer pressure. And we aren't the only ones who feel it. Sometimes animals do too. There's a monkey in South Africa who loves bananas and hated other fruit. But when it switched to a new group, all of a sudden it loved the other fruit and hated bananas. There's a group of whales in New England. One whale started smacking its tail on the water before it gathered up all of its fish it was going to eat. Soon, several other whales copied its tail-smacking ways. Brown raps and chimpanzees, they do the very same thing and will follow the crowd trying to figure out how to get their treats. It's natural to want to fit in. Sometimes it's okay to go along with the crowd, but sometimes it isn't. Like when you feel pressured to do something that you don't want to do. Now, cleaning your room and taking out the trash doesn't count. When, or when others want you to do something that is wrong or dangerous. Whether it is making fun of someone who's making fun of someone else, or drinking alcohol, or taking a drug, there are times when you need to just stand up and say what? No, exactly. You're trying to please God, not the kids on the team or the cool kids in school. God wants you to be like Jesus, not like everyone else. And who knows, when you stand up and do what's right, someone might just copy you. Some people don't like it when you always do what's good and right. I guess it makes them look bad, and they don't like that. Have you ever played Follow the Leader? You know what that game is? In Salt Lake City, 768 people played Follow the Leader through the city. They went around buildings, in parks, they jumped, they jogged, they exercised. Can you imagine if you were the last one in that line? We learned that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't follow the leader. They followed God, and he saved them from that fiery furnace. Pray every day, three times? No way. Who were they, and why did they say that? Find out what the uproar is about in our lesson today, Second Service. We're going to learn about another man who wouldn't follow the leader and chose God instead. He met some very, very unfriendly lions. God was getting ready to do another amazing thing. And we're also going to meet Tommy, who didn't follow the leader, and he got lost at the zoo. Have a good day, folks. I'm not going to lie. I really hope we get an update on Tommy next week. So we want to uh, enter the time where we honor God with our finances, and we just want to give a sincere thank you to everybody who's uh, been honoring uh, and faithful during this time um, in continuing to give their worship. So we do have a tithe box at the back of the sanctuary that you can use if you wanted to give it in person. You can also always mail in a check or deliver it uh, online. And at this time, we're going to bring up Pastor Pepe. 
so that he can give a prayer over our offering, over our worship, and over our uh, message today. Boy, without a script, I start falling all over the place. So uh, everybody would give a hand for Pastor Pepe. Good morning, church. Please stand up and elevate for to elevate our prayers. Holy God, we present our tithes and offerings before your altar, understanding that the, we have already received the grace to give of your son. We bless these offerings which are for the work of your kingdom and those who feel lost know that there is a God that loves them. With a happy heart, we want to share your grace and compassion with others. Thank you, Holy Lord, for you, the privilege of being here in this day. Thank you for the wonderful gift of your word. Touch our hearts and that we may live, receive, and bless it with the message that you, Holy God, have placed in the heart of uh, our Pastor Carlos. May you talk our lives and fall into hearts willing and prepared for the expansion of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. First Chronicles 29, 11 says, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty. For everything in the heavens and on earth belongs to you. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom and you are exalted as head over all. Oh. 
say to us today, will you focus on the solution? Jesus would say to you today, I am the solution. Will you look? Will we look? Will we turn our eyes upon Jesus today?
who's ready to fly away to a home where joy will never end. Sing this with me. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away when I die. Hallelujah, by and by. I'll fly away. Sing it with me. Die, hallelujah, by and by. Ah. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ability that we have to come into your house, into your presence, to sing songs, to worship, to be together. We thank you for all those who are online with us this morning, who are watching from maybe their living room or wherever they're at, Lord. We pray for the sick in body, all those who are here this morning who, who uh, have a need. Lord, we just ask God that you would meet that need. We're believing by faith you will meet that need. All those who are sick in body this morning, be with them, Lord God. Heal their body. Touch them this morning, we pray. Lord, I just ask God that you would come before us. Lead us to our promised land. Whatever that is. Lord, this morning you've told us and you're going to tell us you, you're going to do a new thing. We are anxious. I pray you would prepare our hearts to receive what you have for us this morning. Let us never forget where we've come from. And the men and women who have sacrificed their lives. Blood, sweat, and tears, Lord, to be able to worship you many years ago to now we are able to come into your house Lord time is running out you tell us in your word Lord to be ready and Lord I pray this morning as the blood is still warm in our veins God that anybody who's listening anyone who has a hear that they would hear God your gospel they would hear your truth and they would not turn away have grace and mercy on your children, we pray this morning. Bless us as we hear what you have to say in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, musicians. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. I have a... Um, have a little story here just want to say it's so good to see you Danny good morning welcome good to see you Mary Malison it's good to see you sister hallelujah Stephen good to have you here this morning brother the Barajas family looking beautiful like always amen sister Dolores can we give our sister a hand back there look it's been a long time since I've seen her I, saw, I think you were here last week amen hallelujah yes well, there's a, there's a story about a, a, a young city lawyer that went duck hunting in West Texas and shot and dropped a bird, but it fell in the farmer's field on the other side of the fence. So as the lawyer climbed over the fence, an elderly farmer drove up on his tractor and asked him what he was doing. And the lawyer said, I just shot a duck and it fell into this field, and now I'm going to retrieve it. The old farmer said, this is my property, and you're trespassing. 
The indignant lawyer puffed out his chest and said, I'm one of the best trial attorneys in the United States, and if you try to stop me, I'll sue you and take everything you own. The farmer frowned and said, now, Sonny, that's an awful big reaction to a small disagreement. Around here, we settle little matters like this with the Texas three-kick rule. The lawyer said, what is that? Farmer said, it's simple. We take turns giving each other three kicks. Whoever gives up first, the other feller keeps the duck. The arrogant attorney quickly decided he can outdo this old codger and agreed. The farmer said, since this is my property, I go first. The old farmer climbed down from the tractor, walked up to the city slicker, landed his first kick square to the groin, dropped him to his knees, the second kick nearly broke his jaw. The farmer's third kick to his kidney almost finished him off. But the lawyer summoned every bit of strength, got to his feet and said, okay, old man, it's my turn. The farmer smiled at the lawyer and said, nah, I give up, you keep the duck. As cool as this guy is, this old man, I gotta say, that's how I wanna be when I get that in. As cool as he is, how many of you know, we don't just give the enemy what belongs to us. Three kick rule or not, we're gonna have that three kick rule with the enemy spiritually, but we're gonna keep what is ours by God's grace, amen? amen. We're in a Joshua series, this is our last Sunday of the Joshua series. Uh, Joshua has so many chapters and we could be here for months but I'm like, you know what? I think we're just going to end it right here. And so I want to read Joshua chapter 4. This is one of my favorite scriptures in Joshua. Joshua chapter 4, if you can turn there with me, please. And we're going to read. Uh, thank you, Ezra. Appreciate it. We're going to read right here in verse 1, and we're going to go all the way to uh, verse 7. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man of every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom... He had appointed from the children of Israel one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel. Verse 6, That this may be a sign among you when your children ask, in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a, for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. 
Winston Churchill said, and I quote, Those that fail to learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. I so appreciated my parents telling me as a young child their testimony. where they came from, and what sin can do to a life. They were living testimonies of what God can do, more than just stories, more than just memories. But they were reference points for my life, memorials of God's victories. I enjoy testimonies because each of our testimonies are so different. From Jack and Lois to Sharon and Kenny to AJ to Patty, Gavika, and Gary. All our testimonies are different, but yet there's one thing that they have in common, and that is Jesus. Jesus. How we voluntarily turn from sin. Believing in his death, burial, and resurrection, amen. Which gave full atonement for our sin. We thank him for his prevenient grace that leads us to repentance. And because of our turning away from sin, now justification, regeneration, and adoption. We are now his children. Living a life of Christian holiness. Not perfect, but a life that longs to please God. A life that wakes up in the morning and says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done today. Sharing our testimonies is a beautiful thing. The more I look into the book of Joshua, and some of you, I want to say I appreciate your, 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 your comments as you went into verse, uh, chapter 6 and 7. Thank you. But the more I go into Joshua, the more I realize it's more than just conquering and taking land and taking the promised land. It's about stopping and remembering what God has done. When's the last time you told a friend? When's the last time we've told somebody about what Jesus has done in our life? Joshua wasn't just about conquering and taking things. He was about obeying God, taking the land, and giving God thanks. And telling the men to tell their children to never forget the power of God. Those that fail to learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. One of the miracles here at Home Church, by the way, is a church that is built on miracles. 
We are a church that is built on a miracle. And one of the miracles is a, a young lady who has been coming here for quite some time. And I would like, um, her name is Ruth Ely. And if I could have uh, the boys, if you guys could come up and take a couple of these things, please, I appreciate it. Um, Ruth Ely is a dear sister of ours. Um, when I first came to this church, I, you know, like a few others, I thought she might have been the godfather. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just kept hearing her name. But I so appreciate her love and her support, but her, her story. And obviously, we could be here all day. So we're going to cut out a little time, and I just pray the Lord speak to you through her story. And as Ruth uh, can share what God has done in her life. Let's give Ruth Ely a hand as she takes the stage. Amen. Amen. thinking that this is going to be more of a history lesson than a testimony. Um, as a child, I was born in a farmhouse in the great city of Weeping Water, Nebraska, which averages about a thousand people according to the population deal. When I was two years old, my parents and I moved to Nevada. We moved to an area above Winnemucca called the Great Getchell Mines, where my dad worked in the gold field. And I, as a, four, a little girl four years old, I got to stand on the catwalk and watch them pour gold. Amazing. When I was almost five, we moved to Sparks. And in those days, you would have a milkman who brought your milk to the door in glass bottles and left it about twice a week. Well, one morning when the milkman came, he said to me, uh, we're starting a new church. How would you like to come to Sunday school? And I said, oh, he said, my wife and I will pick you up and uh, take you. And so I asked my mom and she said, that would be all right. And so they started coming out Sunday morning and picking me up and taking me to Sunday school. A few weeks later, my mom said, I'd like to go. And then later on, my dad said he would like to go. So as a family, we started going to the new Church of the Nazarene. It was located in the American Legion building on 12th, or 12th and uh, C Street here in Sparks. We would go early Sunday morning, set up the chairs for the services, and clean out the beer cans and the cigarette butts. <laughs> but it was church. The amazing thing is, when I look across this crowd, I remember the grandparents of Danny Edgington, the great-grandparents of Kathy Clayton, and so many others who over the years have stayed with our church and have been such a part of our church. This is my first Bible. 
It was given to me by my neighbor when I was six years old. Her uh, son-in-law's last name was Whittigan. He was the owner of the Whittigan Mines, which our street above us is named after. Just a little bit of um, things to, to remember. Now, when my milkman came and took me to church, he and his wife, their names were John and Maureen Irwin, which our chapel here is named after. We were at that church, I'm not sure of years because I was so young, but they purchased some land on Prater Way and they began to build a church. Um, and it was built really by all of the men in the church. They didn't contract anything out. During that time, this local theater closed down and they tore it down and they gave us the chairs for our church from the theater. Well, they were really nice and comfortable, except they didn't know how to put them into the concrete. So they put them on a one by 12 uh, piece of wood. And then in order to make rows, they would put a two before. So when you went to walk into a row of seats, you had to walk up over the two before. So there was a lot of tripping, I will have to tell you. Not only that, is they were individual seats, like a theater seat is, so when the little kids would try to stand up in the seat, then their little legs would go down in and would have all the confusion of parents trying to drag their kids out of the seat. Um, late, uh, during that time, the war had ended, and I'm not sure how it worked out, but somehow the church was given one of the barracks out at Stead Air Base. If we would tear it down, we could have it to build a parsonage. So at 1813 C Street, and it's still there, we built a parsonage. The women would fix potluck dinners so many nights a week and on, on Saturday, we would all go out to the base. The men would tear down the building the kids would pull the nails, the straight nails went in one bucket, the crooked nails went in another bucket, and we used everything to build that parsonage so that we would have a home for our preachers. Even Ted and Doris Allen lived in it for a while, so it was a nice home. A few, a few years later, we uh, added on to the little church and made a fireside room, and that was so wonderful because we had a little tiny kitchen. We had two classrooms and a nice big area for potluck dinners and all the things that the kids enjoyed doing and the young people. We had room for wedding showers and receptions and baby showers and all the things that make a church a home to all of those who are interested in coming and serving. During my teen years, I thought it would be interesting for the kids to know some of the things we did. We didn't have all of these fast food places, so we didn't work other than maybe babysitting or the kids washing cars or something like that. So we did a lot of things as a church. 
uh, we had once a month, we would get together with all of the surrounding churches, which was Sun Valley, Home Gardens, which is no longer there, Reno, Fallon, Yarrington, Carson City. We'd get together and have a singspiration. Everybody would have a special or two, and then the rest of the evening would be with singing and probably cookies and punch afterwards. And it was a chance for all of us to get together and see that there were other young Christians in our area that we could learn to know. Uh, Nancy and Merwin Carter from our church here. Nancy was from Reno, Merwin was from Fallon. And so we, we made a real a friendship during that time. We also would drive all the way to Yarrington because they had the only roller skating rink. And so we'd get to go down there once in a while. Um, the greatest thing was going to teen camp. Now, Ron Sherwood's grandpa was our district superintendent, and they had a big flat truck. I don't know what they call it, but it was a big one. They used it for moving the pastures around. And so in the summer, in August, they would put wood rails on the side of it. The kids that were going to go to camp, we would throw our bed uh, rolls onto the truck and our little suitcases because we didn't have sleeping bags. And we would crawl into this big truck and we would go to camp. Now you'd say, oh, that's not no big deal. Well, it is when you consider we went not only to Mount St. Charles in Vegas, but we went to the Rubies in Elko. It was an eight-hour trip in the back of a hot, sticky truck. And let me tell you, it was not a pleasant ride, but we loved it. We would sing songs, and we'd have our lunch, and it was all about getting to go to church camp, where we had tents that leaked the water when it rained and cold showers. But it was still a, a wonderful time of refreshment when we would be with other kids who loved the Lord as much as we did. In 1954, we decided to have a community baptism. And so they pitched two big white tents in the field where uh, uh, Glendale meets Galetti. I think most of you know where that is. We went down, and the girls had one tent, and the men had one tent, and uh, we had pastors from the different area churches, and we were baptized. Now, it was a wonderful time. It was in the afternoon, and it was such a, a refreshing time to see your friends who believed in God and loved God give their lives over to him through baptism. What I need to tell you was... It was Easter Sunday. Do you know how cold that water is in April? <laughs> so, when you guys get baptized, be grateful, will ya? <laughs> in um, 1959, we had a new pastor, Mr. Adams, and he had done contract work and he came to the church and decided that we needed a bigger sanctuary over on Prater Way. And so we began to dig the foundation. Now, this was built with the love of the people. 
I don't know what they contracted out, but I do know that they taught the guys how to lay the brick. They, we did everything. Well, while the guys were working on the big part, Maureen Irwin, Rita Tallman, uh, Carrie Fishburn, myself, and about three little kids in playpens worked in the fireside room and we put the pews together. We um, put the springs on, the batting on, the covering on, and when we got the bench part done, the guys came and put the end pieces and the backs onto the pews, and we literally built our own pews. Not only that, as Mrs. Fisherbird's husband cut out the, the chairs, and we made little chairs for all the classrooms that were going to be when, and uh, we brought them to the church. Some of them painted them, some of them nailed them together, but we made all the tables and the little wooden chairs for all of the children. Now these are gifts of love that you can't pay for or buy because it's from the heart that people wanted a church that we could be proud of, and we did. We built that beautiful church over there on Prater, and it'll always be a part of my heart. In uh, the middle 70s, we decided to have a contest to invite new kids, new people to church. We had a bus already running that was picking up kids, bringing them to Sunday school, and then taking them home afterwards. So they decided that we would have a contest, and we had a grand prize. Somebody gave us a grand prize. So we told everybody what we were going to do, and told them if they wanted to work on this contest that they needed to have parent consent. So we had quite a few young people that were really interested in this grand prize. So we, I'm sure we must have run it for at least a month. And on the day that we were to give the grand prize away, that little church had, and I'm pretty sure I'm right on the number, 423 people packed in there. Now, the grand prize was a beautiful, live, grass-eaten, hay-chomping horse. <laughs> and the little boy that won it was thrilled to death. <laughs> now, that brings us up to when we filled the church up, Ted Allen said, I think it's time that we need some more room. And that's when they began thinking about building again. Now, if you want to know about the building of this church, you're going to have to talk to Ted Allen, get his testimony, or Mark Twyford, because they really had more into this building than I did. The only thing I can tell you is I'm so thankful to be a Christian, to have loved this place, and I'm so grateful that we didn't have to cover these pews. <laughs> Amen. Let's give her another hand, please. Amen. Stephen, if you could come up real quick, man. We need you. Um, amen. Thank you for that testimony, Ruth. She, uh, Ruth gave me this little, uh, this one of the bulletins from back in the day. Uh, 
and it says, uh, I looked on the back, it's pretty awesome, it says, uh, it's from Pastor Ted, last night, Spark City Council denied our request for a zone change. We tried hard to obtain this rezoning, but the opposition was great. I'm really not discouraged over this decision. It would have been nice to have had a large sum of money for the beginning construction. However, I feel we have not been defeated. We must seek an alternate plan. God has great plans for our church. He will lead us in the proper direction. Look what has happened. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ruth. And I just want to say, when I hear your testimony, Ruth, I just, I'm, I'm so, when's the last time we, we, we talked to a little child about Jesus and invited him to church? Or really anyone in general, but when's the last time you spoke to a child and said, hey, do you want to come to church? Obviously, I would, I would tell, I would encourage you these days, ask their parents too. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? When's the last time we, we reached out to, a, to, the ch to the children and said, hey, because if, if, if our children don't give their lives to Christ, I'm telling you, our ge this generation is going to be lost. Speaking of this generation, I'm so proud of this man who's standing to the right of me, who I remember the Sunday they came in, him and his wife came in, in search for hope, in search for God. And our church, I believe, has been home for the two of them. And so without further ado, please help me give a hand to Stephen as he comes and gives his testimony. Amen. My name is Stephen. <clears throat> I usually come to the second service, so I know some of you, but I look forward to getting to know the rest of you. Um, so my testimony is, you know, a lot of my life that, you know, I was faced a lot of situations that, just very unfortunate and caused a lot of pain and I carried a lot of weight that I shouldn't have been carrying you know and you know it caused a lot of problems in my life and ended up picking up a lot of things that I shouldn't have you know it caused a lot of drug addictions and a lot of suffering came along with that until you know I met Jesus and you know he just began to work in me and You know, and even then, you know, I didn't understand a whole lot, you know, and I tried to deal with things on my own. And I'll tell you right now, it does not work very well like that. You know, it'll cause you more pain than you can even imagine. You know, and the last few years have been pretty rough. You know, we went through a really hard time, some really hard seasons, but I know that Jesus was with, it, was with me that every second. You know, I went through a lot of spiritual darkness and a lot of pain and just things that I don't, I don't wish for anybody. But, you know, it only took one moment for Jesus to show up and change it all. You know? He ended up healing my heart. He renewed my mind. 
and he said he changed the entire directory of my life. You know, and if he can do this for me, he can do it for anybody. Amen. You know, you know, and when we lost our child, you know, I thought, I thought it was over. You know, you know, I thought I had given up. You know, Jesus had another plan. You know, I'm telling you right now, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, Jesus will always be there, and he will always come through for you. You know, and we saw, we serve a good God, and he is a God of the impossible. I'm telling you right now, don't give up. Just keep hanging on to him because he will always be there. Thank you. Amen. 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 I want to add to, I'm not sure if Stephen was just being humble, but uh, Stephen, um, uh, some of you know, was a very faithful smoker, and by God's grace, he has now quit smoking. Amen. Hallelujah. First Sunday of the month, we began a series called We Can Take the Land. Somebody say, We Can Take the Land. Was really rooted in something I was praying for after Christmas, that God was right when he spoke to the prophet Isaiah and said, I'm about to do a new thing and um, for the younger people here this morning um, I don't have a horse for you um, to to give uh, to for you to invite somebody to church what an awesome story that is but how many know what we do have can change the world what we do have is going to change this city what we do have is going to change our neighborhoods What we do have is going to change our schools. What we do have is going to change our lives. God can be trusted when the Apostle Paul says, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the good things that God has in store for them who love him. We can take God at his word when he says in Jeremiah 29, That I know the thoughts that I have for you to give you hope and a future. When I see this beautiful couple to my right, God is giving you a hope. And as you continue to serve him, he's going to give you a future. And for us here at Home Church of the Nazarene, that started as Sparks First Church of the Nazarene to Sparks Nazarene is now home to many and still, still grounded and foundation is in the very word of God itself. Our church is still built. On miracles. As we continue to disciple with dedication and duplication, I call them the three D's 
If everybody asks you, what's the vision of your church right now currently? You just say the three D's. They're going to look at you like, what? Discipleship, dedication, duplication. Discipleship, dedication, duplication. Say it with me. Discipleship, dedication, duplication. One more time. Say it with me. Discipleship, dedication, duplication. I feel we've got to do it one more time. Discipleship, dedication, duplication. I was, I was, the Holy Spirit wanted me to throw it out there because there's some people that's not on board with that vision. And, and, I, and I pray that the Lord direct them where he need them to go because here at this church, we're going to have discipleship, dedication, duplication. I'm going to say it one more time. So, so somebody who, who don't speak it, who don't speak out, we're discipleship, dedication, duplication. We are a church built on miracles. The great commission to go into all the world and tell them about him. As we lay aside all the weight and sin that easily besets us and run the race with patience, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And I know I'm probably going to get crucified with a few people that are my age. Like, why in the world would you want to sing this song? But I don't care. Because it's songs like this and it's the word of God that is, can I see that Bible, Ruth, please? Look at her, her first Bible. Look at the impact that made on her life, on her daughter's life, on your grandkids' life. Some of you don't know why it is uh, part of our youth group, who is Ruth Ely's great-grandson? Great-grandson. Matt's back there going, wow. It was beautiful, I, I believe, before COVID last year when we were able to have the, the, the Christmas Eve service. I saw four generations. It was incredible. The impact. So old or not, I know some of you don't know this song. That's okay. But I want to honor God. I want to honor our district superintendent who's poured into my life and my pastor Todd Renegar who's poured into my life and pastor Ted Allen who has supported and poured into this church a song that they, they hold dearly that I love as well. Church of our God, purchase of Jesus, redeemed by his blood, called from the world and its idols to flee, 
Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua also says, Choose this day who you will serve. 
when the children of Israel were wandering in the desert apart from the promise of God, he was with them and yeah, he provided for them. And that's the same today. He leads those this morning who are wandering in the wilderness of sin, wandering in the wilderness of heart broken, wandering in the wilderness of pain, but are willing to turn from, from that lifestyle of sin and disobedience. Those who have not yet come into relationship with him or those who don't know him, he's still here wanting to lead you into your promised land. When God parted the water for Israel, it's like what he did on the cross for us. He took our sin. He made a way when there was no way. When the children of Israel looked at the walls of Jericho, there was no way, but he made a way. It's a beautiful picture of what Christ has done for us. And Israel, the children of Israel needed to be reminded of what God had done. And this morning, we, need, we also need to be reminded of what God has done and never forget. So this morning, you're with us this morning and you say, Pastor, I need to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I would like to ask Christ into my life. No one is looking around with all head bowed, all eyes closed. You just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. God sees that hand. God sees that hand. Anybody else? Is there an honest heart in the house of God that says, I would like to receive Jesus? Yes, God sees these hands. God sees these hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There'll be a day that this world will grow dim. It will be no more, but yet we will be with him in eternity. Don't wait till it's too late. This morning, you want to receive Jesus. You just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So because of uh, safety and uh, we want to take the right steps, I would ask if you're here this morning and you would like to remain seated and pray, please do so. Um, if you would like to come to the altar and get a hold of God and maybe maybe lay some things at the feet of Jesus this morning, please do so. I want to say thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited to see what God has in store for us next month. I'm excited for this new series. Be blessed. Be encouraged. Never forget and never be ashamed of your testimony. Never be ashamed of what you once were it's a testimony of what God has done. Tell the world. Tell the world. Tell your neighbors. Tell your coworkers what God has done in your life. That he may get the glory. Thank you, Jesus, for this word. Thank you for the testimonies. Thank you for this encouragement today. In Jesus' name. So if you would like to dismiss yourself, please do so in a quiet manner.
And those who raise their hands, I'd like you to come to the altar and pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look forth in his wonderful face. And the things of earth shall grow strange. Shall grow strange. 